broadcasting from the campus of Lynn Benton Community College. We are the Mid-Valley STEM CTE Hub. I'm your host, Casey, and this, this is Closing the Gap. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us for our season three finale of Closing the Gap. Don't worry, though. We will be back in the fall with many more interviews. Though our guest today is Francis Tice. Francis is a lifelong tinkerer and a skilled mechanic on all things with an engine. Currently, she's working as an instructional assistant at Lynn Benton Community College in the heavy diesel equipment department. Thanks for joining us, Francis. Would you mind telling the audience a little bit about yourself and the type of work that you do? Yeah, sure. I'll... um... So my job is with Lynn Benton Community College in the Heavy Equipment Diesel Program. I am an instructional assistant. And uh, my job every day is to assist students in their um, learning tasks and also uh, fill in for instructors if they need my assistance, if they happen to, you know, need extra help or you know sometimes i get to be a sub for a minute (laughs) cool that's awesome so not everyone in our listening group might know what hed means could you kind of break down that acronym and give us like a little bit of an explanation of like what kind of vehicles fall into that category sure so hed is heavy equipment diesel Mm -hmm. so it's just a quick acronym field is geared specifically toward heavy equipment tractors quarry type uh, equipment vehicles um, semi trucks trailers anything that is not automotive specifically it's this the stepper up of the bigger stuff what is there like a big difference in how you work on automotive vehicles like passenger vehicles versus a heavy um, diesel equipment sure yeah that, it, there's a quite a big difference um as far as the technology it's very similar um for example some of the things that that transition over might be um your ac system uh that it has similar um uh working in components just like automotive does only we just have a couple different components that work better with the diesel side um, considering what we have um, another thing is um, just general electrical knowledge can transfer to both sides. So those are just a couple things. The rest of it, um, if you're working on a big piece of heavy equipment, you have what's called air brake system. Um, and the normal automobile has got a hydraulic system, a braking system. So one side is dealing with fluids and the other is just dealing with air. Um, and plus the the components that you're dealing with on the heavy equipment side are going to be much larger and you may need um, bigger equipment to move that stuff which is use, using things such as cranes or forklifts to move some components around one of the things i was wondering about and you kind of touched on a little bit was is it a mechanic that you would call yourself um 
we're actually more technician. The difference is that mechanic is just more of somebody who's just kind of hit the ground running, learning how to be a mechanic just in the general field without the education. So a technician is going to be more specified and they're going to be more educated and they're probably going to have that certificate in the background or that degree or BA, whatever that says that they have um, met the requirements for a qualified education. Ours is AED specifically based. So our is an accredited program that allows us to have a specific specified certificate in the, f- the field that we're um, signed up for. <laughs> awesome. Uh, so it kind of sounded like you don't just work on like engines. Like that was my assumption originally. Uh, it sounds like you kind of work on the vehicle as a whole. Is that correct? Yeah, um, we can either uh, be what's called a fleet tech, which works on the vehicle as a whole or anything that, let's say, the company owns. It could be anywhere from chainsaws up to crummies, which crummies are in the field, a nickname for the heavy, or the medium um, diesel uh, trucks out there that could be your Dodge 3500, your Ford F450, or, you know, your Chevy 253500 HD. Oh, wow. um, those are medium-sized diesel trucks. Um, or you could end up in this big hauler, um, a John Deere hauler working on something like that, or, you know, a big cat excavator. I mean, you could be all over the field doing that as a fleet tech. Mm-hmm. If you want to uh, come down and work on something that's more specified, you could just go straight into working only on engines or only on transmissions or only on brakes specified and that would just be in your title interesting do people that want to work in specified areas of hed do they like work at certain types of companies um or like pursue certain types of positions or is it just kind of the luck of the draw um that's one of those things i really love about lynn benton community college i mean we have instructors that that really uh, work with the students and they take time with the students and with the industry partners and kind of they're the bridging gap between the two so it you know we're tra- we're saving money by teaching the student but we're also saving the money for the industry partner by helping them find that right match okay, so cool. we watch how the students work and then we can see oh well they would be a good manager or maybe they would be a, you know just a good recruiter I mean, it depends on what the student wants, too. And we look at really what their passion is. It's really nice to have that student that's been trained either way in this industry, because even if they became a recruiter or an outside salesperson, they're very familiar with the lingo and they're familiar with the product. Awesome. That's really cool. Uh, So I also understand that you're a graduate from the LBCC program. Yes, ma'am. I ended up being a transfer student. Um, I did the diesel side at another community college, and now I've come over to this side and did the heavy equipment side over at Lynn Benton Community College. And um, I I got a little bit of double time, but I just absolutely love what I was doing, so I was just hungry for the knowledge, and I just grabbed up any kind of anything I could get. Um, I wanted to spend more time um, learning what I was learning, and getting as much information and experience out of what I was doing because I just really wanted to it's just a passion I have (laughs) do you enjoy being a student (laughs) um I'm no longer um yeah 
being a student uh, with Lynn Benton was probably the most memorable. Um, the other community college I was at had components sitting out there on the table for you. Um, and so when I came out and actually getting a job in the field with an excavating company right off the bat, I was sitting there. I, I didn't recognize half the components that came off of my bench that were sitting on the piece of equipment in front of me. Oh, wow. So when I went to Lynn Benton Community College after that, I was just oh wow this is really different because Lynn, the difference with Lynn Bent Community College is that we had the actual um, loaders, excavators, the semi-trucks, tractors, anything that was out there we actually had it on our lot and that that goes per depending on the companies that are you know cycling things in at the time or donations. Mm -hmm. They were the ones that were able to help us um, as students get our hands on that equipment and be able to recognize what was inside of that equipment because we're in it working on it so when I go out to a different company um, to work after that mm -hmm. at a dealer <laughs> and um, ended up working with with uh, Pearson trucks at some point um, as cool. a, while I was a student before it was excavation and then it was a Peterson um, trucks and then as soon as I was getting there, I was like, oh, I recognize everything now. Now this is really cool. And we actually had the equipment in the shop, and that was such a big deal to me. You sound really excited about it. I would love to hear about some of your experiences working for Peterson. Absolutely. You have to come visit me because now I'm an instructional assistant, and now this is a whole different ballgame. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Did you, uh, was your goal to be an educator when you were in school? Um. It was something that I thought maybe I'll end up doing, you know, when I'm getting close to retiring and, and that my body or my mind, whatever, is just not wanting to do it anymore. Or, you know, um, my passion would never go away. But I just thought, well, that'll be something I'll do later on down the line. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, while I was working um, and being a student at the same time, um, I saw that this position opened up and I and the the team and the knowledge of the people that are there I was just like how could you pass this up I mean <laughs> totally <laughs> the whole world opens up to you with with this platform that's there and so I just thought well I gotta go this way this, I just have to awesome yeah um I would love to hear about some of your experiences though if you wouldn't mind telling us on the podcast about you know kind of working in the field and maybe what are some like some big wins that you've had maybe we could start there there have been times when I've worked on stuff that, um, you know, I, some challenging things to work on are like kingpins. <laughs> okay, what's that? I don't know anything about right. any sort of engine. <laughs> so, um, you know, it, yeah, different from the automotive to, so automotive, you know, it, it would be um, similar to a steering knuckle, we would call it. Oh, so nothing to do with the engine at all? No. So this <laughs> is in your suspension system, so your wheel is connected to this little steering knuckle deal. Okay. Well, ours has got a, a big uh, cylinder-looking deal, metal, that will go right through your suspension system and your, your A-frame, and it'll hold your wheel on to a semi-truck or a load or whatever it is. Okay. So anyway, those are difficult to work on because it takes a lot of physical force. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but my wins have been that I've been able to work on them pretty well and get within three thousandths of an inch with my um, play on the wheel. Oh, wow. And the kingpin itself. How do you measure? Sorry to interrupt you, but how do you measure three thousandths of an inch? <laughs> well, we have these special dial gauges and um, 
they are specified for this for measuring your your uh wheel play or king kingpin play okay um i'd have to unfortunately google one and show it to you what it looks like but it is uh this dial gauge um we you know put it on there adjust it to where it's barely touching you know our component that we're wanting to measure and then we set our dial gauge to zero Mm-hmm. And then, you know, um, depending on what part I'm looking at, I'll probably use my uh, very long crowbar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I'll mess, I'll, I'll try and push the wheel up and down mm-hmm. to try and measure that um, um, that measurement on the dial gauge. And it'll tell me how much is in that play. And if I've done it right, I've only gotten, w- the, the goal is to get within five thousandths of an inch. But usually mine was always... Yeah, round three um you don't want zero or one because then you're just too stiff right um but the idea is that when you've got just that little bit of play then by the time it's gone out in the road and your suspension system has went and just settled mm-hmm. then you know that little bit of of play may go to five thousand may not but you know then cool. you're within spec awesome that's really cool i um, I just have to, have to admit that's so over my head. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. I, I hope I was able to. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I think you answered, or you started, you finished the story you were starting to tell me, but, um, I also am just like, awesome. But then I like, like, where I, are we I'm, at? I'm not mechanically inclined <laughs> at all. I'm like, I'm, let me, I'll, I'll work with something like this. It's about as mechanical as I So can. my win is the kingpin mm-hmm. being able to set that truck out on the road and it don't come back. So, which is usually a good thing because, you know, you're, the, the company, you know, is happy with it. Your boss is happy with you. <laughs> yeah, totally. That is a good win for sure. <laughs> so how did you start into the field of uh, HED? Well, um, I, I would really say it went straight back in. It's a little bit of a story, but um, so bear with me. But it was have started clear back in in high school you know i had a really uh difficult past 12 schools by the time i graduated high school there's a counselor was just asking me well you know i'm a little concerned about you what are you going to do i was working myself to death on my first job and um after school i was helping with theater building sets and stuff like that and i was in charge of showing students how to use a you know drill gun or you know how to you know put in screws on, you know, <laughs> or you, how to use a table saw or how do you take measurements and stuff like that. Um, that was my job back then awesome. on top of the, my actual paying job. So you was kind of mechanically inclined. Yeah. So I went in, um, this and lady, uh, counselor lady at the high school was just like, well, are you going to, you know, there's these programs that, you know, PCC and Mount Hood offer, you know, that they're going to help students transition to, to college. Mm-hmm. That was their hope. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, the, the four subjects were, you know, um, medical, computer repair, business, and then automotive. And I said, I'll try automotive. And she looked at me like, are you serious? <laughs> well, there were 60 guys that went in that first year. By the time three years was over with, there was still me and 13 other guys. And I had a three-year certificate of completion. Awesome. Um, unfortunately, life kind of set me back a little bit, and so I was having trouble getting into the field. So I had a family, and all of a sudden, <laughs> and then um, I faced a lot of discrimination in the beginning. So it was that um, 
you know, I, I had three different companies tell me you're too pretty to work in the shop. And I was surprised by that. There's three, these companies are not attached and they're saying the same thing. So wow. nobody took me serious to get into the field. Yeah. And for several years I thought, well, it was crazy. <laughs> I know I can do this. Um, I even was surprising my dad at home. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I went in and um, I tried it, you know, a traditional way to get into medical billing and, and coding. And then the mm. college I went to gave me the diploma, but they shut down because of fraudulent reasons and serious lawsuits. And so trying to get into the field, I no longer have something that is valid to be in the field. I'm no longer qualified and I'm paying on a student loan. Oof. So it's like, forget this. I'm going back to what I know. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to really come back. And so I was a little discouraged at some point. Um, and I went in to become a school bus driver. Um, my dad is a school bus driver and I thought, ah, I'll try it. Yeah. What'd you <laughs> I, think? I absolutely loved it. Um, it definitely put me in a challenge that I didn't expect. They found out I could work on stuff. And so I ended up in between my shifts working in the shop doing light maintenance um but i found out i couldn't be pulled in to be a serious tech because not only they may have needed the tech but they also needed a cover driver they needed somebody who could pull the trips and not only that drive their you know greyhound looking coach that had this you know second tag axle in the back yeah and nobody else was qualified <laughs> so they needed you to so drive. i jumped in and, yeah i could show up at work in five minutes here's here's the route and a route that I've never done. And, you know, here's the time you got to be there. And I'm like, got it. I, they could call over, you know, the radio and say, Hey, Francis, could you do this for us? And I'm like, got it. So, um, I became their go-to person, but it was just definitely, there's a point where I needed to move on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's love the kids, but I was like, this is, I kind of want something a little different, a little more, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I needed more brain stimulation other than, <laughs> not as if kids weren't enough, but. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah. So how did you transition then from driving the school buses to getting back into the mechanic or the, the technician side of things? Well, that's when I ended up going, um, I ended up trying over at PCC to the diesel side. And awesome. then um, I unexpectedly ended up moving out here and uh, I checked into maybe going back to PCC, but then I tried checking into Lynn Benton and see what they had to offer. I walked into their shop and I just fell in love with it. I was cool. like, you cannot pass this up. <laughs> look at the shop, look at the equipment they have, look at the technology they've got, you know? And of course, not only that, it was like, it's so basic. We need more technology there than what we have. They only have like one of everything. Well, we kind of need 20 of everything. Sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of touched on it a little bit, but does this skill set? Um, qualify you for other sorts of careers that are um, more mechanically based or like more technically based in the way of like working on know, like moving parts kind well of yeah thing? that's that was a good because right before I in between the transition between PCC and Lynn Benton that's when I went working with uh, an excavation company that, um, that was locally here in Sweet, Sweet Home it was R&L Excavation awesome and um, I found out that I could work on all kinds of stuff. I got inside of a rock crusher that was as big as it had a, a hydraulic cylinder that was as big as me. And I'm here, I'm changing this, you know, three inch bolt, you know, in wow. diameter. 
<laughs> I think that's a way to time. I'm knocking out pins out of, you know, a bucket, and it, which was very dangerous to do. <laughs> and, it, and again, that was another, you know, two and a half inch diameter pin that was clear across his bucket. And I've got my boss on the other side slamming one side, and I'm slamming the other. It's like, anyway, so some of the, the educational opportunities that, that come with that that I found was that you could um, be specified mm-hmm. as I talked about earlier we can we can be fleet tech fleet tech works on anything and everything you would also be the you know fleet techs are those guys you see running around in the service trucks you know okay. they are called out to a job they have to go to the scene and they don't always know what to expect they might have somebody that calls and says hey we we got kind of a problem you get out there and it's actually a catastrophe (laughs) (laughs) that you have to fix (laughs) or uh specified would be the you know transmissions or but in this equipment field there the the job opportunities we have pape kenworth cummins diesel detroit international and we've got all these companies behind us that are that are helping support these students and um you really it depends on the company what you can be specified toward or not um well i pulled a classical dumbness (laughs) okay this sounds interesting go on (laughs) (laughs) we i had a there's a loud shop one time i did not speak up i said something but did not speak up and i you know basically allowed a a co-worker to pull a truck out of the shop without any oil in it <laughs> oh boy <laughs> that would seize up the engine pretty fast right that was a down moment <laughs> yeah yeah did you uh get right on that one well actually after that i i kind of learned you know why it was so important as a female to have confidence Mm -hmm. you know to to speak up to somebody when something's wrong and you know I just didn't have enough confidence you know to to really step my foot down and now I look back and it's like well that's ridiculous yeah (laughs) but back then I was really intimidated in the fact that here I am I'm only doing PMI I'm only you know PMI is preventative maintenance inspections. And oh, okay. So that would mean oil changes, greasing equipment, and I just didn't stand up to the guy and, and really make sure I got his attention and told him what was going on. So For sure. I mean, it sounds like you had a lot of experiences early in your career that kind of maybe led to that confidence issue. Oh, you yeah. Know, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I can Im- Stuff I can't talk about. <laughs> For sure. I understand. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, even the stuff that you did share, it seems like, gosh, like how many times do you have to get denied for the same reason, something that you can't tell? It, it was it was years. I mean, I had yeah. people that weren't taking me serious. I mean, and they would put me in the biggest set of coveralls because they weren't going to take me serious. They're just, ah. <laughs> and actually that became a safety issue one day. You know, I was trying to get off of a semi truck after changing a light mm-hmm. on the back of the semi truck. And the coveralls are so big, they hung me up, and I had to have my coworker come help me. Oh no! <laughs> like, uh, could you come over? And they're just laughing, and I was laughing too because it's like this is funny. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> but at the same time, I had to earn my respect. So, mm. and I understood that. For sure. Well, like, what what kind of advice would you give to um, young women or uh, women that are transferring into a type of career like this to help them succeed? 
Well, it's true that some of the stories that I have are, are kind of a little intimidating. <laughs> um, but the dynamic and that kind of intimidation doesn't exist like it did. There are some little uh, small companies you might go to that kind of, you know, are a little more challenging. Um, but uh, as a whole in the field, it, the attitude out there, the respect for women, respect for minorities is changing. Um, and I don't see the same thing as I've had to deal with out there. Um, it's the, the opportunities, the hand is out there. You just have to grab it and they will pull you along. Um, what I would say is, hey, come see me. <laughs> come meet my fellow instructors. There's uh, Barry Payton, Garberles, um, John Alvin, Dan McIntosh, all wonderful instructors and yeah come visit us i mean we can all we all work as a team to help place you in in wherever your, the job is the career is that you would just absolutely love maybe you go in there with one set of thinking but you then you come out like actually i like this better you know awesome it could be anything so besides coming to uh visit you and, and your colleagues what are maybe some other things that people could do to get started down this path oh um uh, one of the things that helped me that I remember and, you know, some of my buddies in the past was that um, we would start out in the field even just sweeping floors. Cool. Um, and those, yeah, those were shop hand, yeah. And those were just entry-level jobs, but it got us familiar with equipment and it got us familiar with the lingo. So when the technicians had something to say or something to ask you to do for them, you got to understand, you know, where, you know, how the safety issues work and what to look for. And, you know, a, a technicians in a shop, we have, a, we have a habit of looking down on the ground so we don't trip over anything. Sure. Things like that. I mean, it, that gets you on, on, on a roll. Uh, there's companies out there just like uh, Boss Art uh, Trucking, uh, Pape, Coastline. These companies are set up specifically to make sure that they help students just in general start off in PMI. They're willing to train. They're out there like, hey, come with us. We, we can teach you, <laughs> you know, we can send you where you wanna go. They might be able to work with the, our uh, school on, um, so let's say our, our program will teach you how PMI works. The companies themselves will give you the experience. That's what I'm looking for. Right on. Um, definitely get in, get your entry level, get your foot in the door, mm -hmm. you know, even if you're just, you know, um, becoming a, a parts person, that's another one. Um, you know, you, here you are talking with all the companies, you're learning customer service skills. Um, that's a good one. Uh, recruiting. That's another thing. Um, all these companies are looking to hire somebody as a technician, but if you're out there as the front man, just saying, Hey, come to, you know, help work with us. I mean, that's another thing that kind of gets you associated with some of these people, building those relationships, and then you realize, hey, I could go in and do this too. That's awesome. Uh, is there anything else that we haven't talked about today that, that you think that maybe people looking into a career like this should know? Um, yeah, definitely, since I've invited you to come visit me, um, we have what's called an open house dino day coming up, and that is May 19th and 20th this year. Um, we have a uh, 17 and a half inch rollers in our ground. It's hard to kind of explain, but imagine this shop room specific specified 
for our dyno event. So a dyno event is we put our uh, vehicles, and in our case, you know, semi trucks, mm-hmm. <laughs> only seventeen and a, seventeen and a half rollers, and we um, we tie them down in chains so it can't go nowhere, yeah. and then we hook it up to a computer and to monitor um, the specifications that you have at it, and when it's tested at its peak RPMs then it's able to give you the right information. Um, we print that out and we compare it to the information that is with the uh, manufacturer's specifications. And you can tell, which is the selling point of your vehicle. If you want to sell your vehicle, you can say, hey, look at this. It does better than the manufacturer specs. Or, well, we got some things to work on. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Very cool. Yeah. So it's actually a fun event. People get to come see what LBC is all about. And then they also get to meet our industry partners and they meet the instructors. Um, there's usually firsthand students there. You can always ask for a touring anytime. Um, and our instructors are more than happy. Usually from seven to 11, we've got students there that are willing to volunteer and to speak with anyone there about coming into the program. So that's always exciting to see the excitement between the student and our future students. Very cool. That's great. Well, you know, I think that wraps up all the questions I have for you today, but I just wanted to really thank you for your time and coming all the way down here to the mill to uh, record the show with me. Well, thank you so much, Casey. Thank you for inviting me. Thank Thank you for joining us for this episode of Closing the Gap. If you like this show, subscribe on Spotify. You can also find us on Instagram at MVSTEMCTE, on Twitter at MidValleySTEM and online at MidValleySTEM.org. Until next time, keep progressing. Hey listeners, real quick before you go, are you looking for more STEM, STEAM, making and career connected learning content? You are? Well, that's great. Why don't you check out our new podcast, Mill Media? Mill Media is a collection of community-created content. You can find Women in STEAM Night panel discussions, Maker Lunch and Learns, educational talks, deep dives from students, faculty, and community from around the Lynn Benton Community College area. You can find the show link in the description of this show, and you can always find the latest episodes at www.midvalleystem.org mill. See you there.